welcome to Align and Hustle. I'm your host, Kathy Spence, photographer, entrepreneur, and brand strategist. Each week, I'll bring you inspiring conversations that will help you expand your mind, align with your purpose, and take action towards creating a life you love. Are you ready? Let's do this. Well, hey there, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Align and Hustle podcast. I am your host, Kathy Spence, and I usually say I am so grateful to have you here with me again today, but today I am I am grateful to say that intro. The podcast has brought me so much joy over the past year, and I truly am. I'm truly grateful to be here with you and to have you here with me again today. And what a day. The last few days, I don't know where you are listening from, but here in the Toronto area, the sky has been just beautiful, blue, without a cloud, this perfect temperature, gorgeous sunsets, this nice warm wind. I've just been, you know, it's just, I've been so grateful and appreciative for this time of year. And I'm just full of joy. So I hope you are feeling that way too. And we are into our second season. And my guest today, I'm so excited to bring you my guest today. But before I introduce my guest, I if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that I believe that our life gives us signs. It helps us along. There are these little nudges, these little um, feelings to let us know that we're going on the right path. But I also believe that people come into your life for a reason and some stay for a really long time because they're here to teach you something and some come in and, and and leave just as quickly. And I really believe that my guest today was meant to come into my life at the most perfect divine time. And it's funny because Divine Living is actually the name of her company. So that's a little, you know, co- funny coincidence. But I go into how we our, our paths crossed in the interview, but I just want to give you a little bit of a backstory. My guest today is Gina DeVee, and she is the author of The Audacity to be Queen, The Unapologetic Art of Dreaming Big and Manifesting Your Most Fabulous Life. Now, that's a fabulous title, but when I first came across this book, I was put off by the title because that word queen really triggers me. And I thought, I'm not reading this. You know, I'm your biggest cheerleader, but I am not in the queen goddess camp. I just, those words for some reason always triggered me. And I didn't know at the time until I spoke with Gina, but it's, I know now (laughs) um, because I was meant to read her book and I was meant to meet her and chat with her, but I didn't, I put down the book. I didn't read it. And Gina's name just kept coming up and coming up and coming up. And finally, I purchased the book and I learned so much about myself. And I am so excited to share the principles with you today. So a little bit about Gina. She's an author, speaker, podcast host, and success coach. She's dedicated her career to helping clients connect spiritually, start businesses, create wealth, and live a life to their fullest. Gina's mission is to uplift entrepreneurs through inspiring content, bold business trainings, and life-changing events. Um, I really can't wait to share this conversation with you. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you run out to get Gina's book, The Audacity to Be Queen. And I hope you notice that I will be using queen in more of my Instagram posts Um, So without further ado, here is my conversation with Gina DeVee. Gina, like this is obviously, like I just said to you before we started recording, that this is like like my first manifestation in a way, like a real tangible manifestation. (laughs) Oh, queen, you, you got a lot to look forward to. Well done. Oh my gosh. I love your energy. I love your book. There are so many things that I want to chat with you about today. But let's first talk about why I wanted you on the show and how I found you. Yes. So 
it's a little bit of a story, but I'm just going to give you a, a brief synopsis. I was reading Jen Sincero's um, You Are a Badass at Making mm-hmm. Money. And for mm-hmm. those who are listening, Jen has those badass books. And I was reading hers a few years ago. And I was, but you know, when they say when the student is ready, the teacher presents themselves. Mm-hmm. It's really funny because when I was reading that book, I was like, oh, this is interesting. This is interesting. But the one point that did pop out was that she invested $85,000 in a coach. And I was like, who does that? Like who invests? Like if you have, you say this in your book too, like if you have $85,000, why the heck do you need a coach if you just have $85,000 lying around, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't think anything of it. I was like, I want to find out who this woman is. And then COVID happened and things went weird. And for some reason, I picked up the book again and started listening to it on my walks because I had more time. And again, you popped up and I'm like, I need to find out who this woman is because seriously, one, what is included in the (laughs) (laughs) $85,000? Because to some people, that's like a house paint. That's a house. Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. a couple of years back, but I was just so, so just mesmerized with finding out more about you. And I went to your website and it was so beautifully branded And as you know, I'm a brand photographer and I do branding for female entrepreneurs. So I was like, wow, this is speaking to me. And then your book was there, The Audacity to Be Queen. And Mm -hmm. I thought, wait a second, this, I'm going to say something that's honest though, the queen word and feminine kind of tweak me. So I want to talk about that because you mentioned that in the book. I I totally get it. It is such an easy eye roll if uh, you don't know the substance of it. So you're not hurting my feelings. Okay. Okay. Because I was like, I don't know about this, but then you kept popping into my radar again. Like Mm -hmm. I was like, no, it's about a queen, like queendom. I don't know if I, I resonate with that. And then you pop up again. I hear you on another podcast. Then you pop up again. And then for some reason I was putting Jen's book away. I was cleaning up the house and it opens up to the dedication and there's your name. So I'm like, you know what? I got to go back and revisit this. And when I read your book, I felt like you were just speaking directly to me. And I sent you a message on Instagram because one of the things like I manifest, like, we'll talk about that, but I just wanted to start with, you didn't start charging $85,000 for your services. No. So let's talk about where you started, how you got to this. $25 point. free. <laughs> <laughs> because a lot of female entrepreneurs do that, right? Mm-hmm. They, they devalue themselves. They don't feel that they're worth it. So how did you come from, you know, where you were as a psychotherapist or psychotherapist or psychiatrist? Mm-hmm. Psychotherapist. Okay. Psychotherapist to here. Can you take the listeners, my listeners through a little bit above of that? Like how yes. do you go from there to there? Yes, yes, yes. Well, it's such a pleasure to be here and also very humbling at the same time. You know, it's um, every time I almost I hear the backstory, of course, I remember where I came from and it's why I continue to do the work today because anybody who is in a place where they are overworking, under earning, not really clear or confident in their own power and, and really being able to charge their worth or be highly visible out there. Um, I got you, I got you because I, I was that woman. And, um, you know, it's so ingrained in our, our culture to just give it away. Just, just, just give it away. And that's, um, you know, I grew up in the suburbs of Detroit. I grew up as a Christian. I was a Christian counselor. And so it was like this whole notion of do it for free or low dollar or sliding scale rate or just help others. It was, you know, entrenched in my values around spirituality and being good and kind to others. And what I didn't know and didn't have the words for that I'm happy to get into today is I had what I call an injured feminine instinct around receiving in general and specifically receiving money. I mean, I couldn't receive a compliment. I couldn't receive attention. I had all the things, but since we're talking about money. And so part of it was within me. Part of it was who I surrounded myself with because, you know, I think as a therapist at that time, you know, the the going rate for a master's level psychologist was $100 an hour. And, but the, the mentality was sliding scale rate. 
And so people would say, you know, they call on the phone, they're like, you know, well, how, how much are your sessions? I would say, well, they're $100, but we offer a sliding scale rate, so it can be 50 Like, I didn't even give people a chance to pay the full rate. You know what? When I first started as a photographer, I was the same. I, they're like, well, how much is your session? Well... It, it's this, but because you're from the dance, my daughter's dance team, you can have it for the, like, it's just, I think it's a female thing, right? Uh, it, yes. I mean, it's, it, it's definitely in, entrenched in there. And so, um, but what happened it, for me is it just wasn't sustainable. You know, here I am helping, you know, like really pouring into other people. I, you know, my master's degree wasn't free. You know, like I paid to have a bachelor's and a master's degree in clinical psychology and doing my, and my rent wasn't free and my cell phone bill wasn't free. And so I'm pouring into all of these people with an expertise and a gift and a talent and the energetic, because that's when you really realize money is energy. It wasn't being returned. And I, I, I don't know if burnt out was exactly the way to say it. Cause I wasn't like, so I just, I was tired of over giving and under earning and I didn't even have the words for it at the time, but I just thought something had to change. And I would like, I was working 75 hours a week. I was $75,000 in debt and I would flip through magazines. And I remember just seeing people like live these big, awesome lives. And it was like, fine. They were movie stars and models and, I was like, I wanted to live a big life too. And what, what was it about? I didn't want to be an actress. I wanted to, to help people transform their lives. So like, why, if you're an actress, can you make millions of dollars? But if you're helping someone heal or transform in their life, can you not? And then fortunately, as you were saying before, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And Tony Robbins was one of the first you know, mentors, so to speak, uh, that I that was modeling, you can be a coach and you can help people and you can make an abundance of money and you can make a big difference. So I, to answer your question, I went from broke struggling psychotherapist to um, broke life coach. <laughs> and, and initially anyways, and I moved from Detroit to LA because of that. everybody in LA was beautiful and wealthy. Mm -hmm. And I, and, but then I just, I kept seeking, I kept seeking more. I kept believing something was better. And I, and I kept believing that I did not have to do a job that I hated to make a lot of money and make a big difference. And that's when I started, this was like 2004 internet marketing was just starting to come out. Um, and that's where I, I found the, the field of coaching. I found internet marketing and then my career sort of took off from there. Can I ask again? So if someone paid $85,000, what would they get for that? So, you know, it's interesting. Um, you get transformation, you know, you, you get to be come who you really are. Jen was always talented. She was always a writer, um, but she didn't have the wealth consciousness and she didn't have, she had so many money rules and that she like judged people with money and like, you know, she, all the things that she, you know, very openly writes about. And so it was through our process of coaching that she, she got more into her truth of who she really was. She became unapologetic. She claimed her worth. She, you know, put her talent out into the world. And it wasn't instantaneous for her either. You know, it took a number of years for her. She calls her book, The Yellow Snowball, you know, where her book had to kind of like, it was passed around through word of mouth. Mm -hmm. um, and, but what people get when they work with me as a transformational coach is they think bigger. They see themselves as they really are. They step into their power. They heal the broken areas and Truly, it is the weak will become strong. The weak, the, what's the weakest areas in our life become the strongest. Mm. So you mentioned wealth consciousness, and that was in my favorite chapter, chapter 13 in your mm -hmm. book, because this is another instant manifestation. This has never happened to me, but an instant manifestation, because I was thinking to myself that I wanted to hire and work with someone. And I'm listening to your book at the time. Mm -hmm. And you go through how you first hired a coach and mm -hmm. even the amount of money that it cost you to hire these coaches was the same that I needed to manifest. And I was like, if she could do it, I'm just going to listen to what she's saying <laughs> because you don't, 
it's so strange, but I didn't, be- I didn't believe it. And then when I read your book and I listened to your book and I thought, you know what, I'm going to put the faith that it will happen. And a client called me two days later. And not only did I get the web developed, like the, the web contract, but also a full photo shoot for their whole staff. So even what I put in my mind as what I needed I received even more than what I expected. And I after, and I have I have um goosebumps now because I ne- that's the thing I think people are missing, the belief. It's just you just need to it's like you have to emit it and radiate it and then it'll bring it back. So can we talk about wealth consciousness a little bit? Yes, yes, yes. My favorite topic. Uh, and so wealth consciousness really is the psychology of wealth. And it used to drive me nuts when I realized like there weren't enough hours in the day to just work to get me to where I wanted to be in my life. And then I would go and talk to people who are wealthy and they're like, it's all between the temples. I'm like, come on. Like, what do you mean it's all between the temples and drive me nuts? Like, I didn't understand what that meant. And That's like saying abs start in, are in the kitchen. So um, wealth consciousness really is... I would say it's a version of big thinking. If I were to distill it down, um, it's a version of unlimited thinking. You know, um, lack consciousness is about scarcity and fear and constraint and smallness, right? Like money is hard to make. It takes a long time. It doesn't grow on trees. You have to give it away. Like whatever those beliefs are. And then wealth consciousness comes from the place of understanding that actually the opposite is true. There's more than enough money in the world. There's more than enough clients in the world. There's there's more than enough resources in the world. Now, yes, resources need used wisely. And But think about it. Where does money come from? From where, like, it comes from the ethers, from wherever it is right now. Like most of us don't even exchange actual dollars and coins anymore. Like it's just, it's like a piece transfer. of plastic. Yeah. You know? <laughs> if, if even that, you know, or it's just, you know, the, the digital space has shown us so much more. Like it comes from wherever we create it from. Right. And so like you went and generated money that was already there when you tell that story about getting that that client. And so what the work is, is understanding that is retraining our brains to think in terms of more than enough. So many of us are taught in terms of the scarcity and the lack and that you have to save and for retirement and a down payment for a house. And like, there's going to take a long time and all of this like smallness. And what if the opposite were true? You know, what if it didn't have to take a long time? What if there was more than enough? What if the money did exist for your dream home? What if there were more than enough clients for you to not just work and make money, but actually make your contribution and make a difference in people's lives? I mean, most of us that are fortunate enough to have found careers that we love, if we didn't have physical, like monetary needs, we'd do this for free. Like, this is what we love to do. I'm sure you'd do a photo shoot for free if you could. And I would do my seminars. And I have just because I love it so much. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And what we'll find is that because it's energy. So I remember there was this one time I sold a woman a, a, a package. And it, this part doesn't matter, but I'm just going to illustrate. It happened to be a $20,000 package. And it came with like a one-day intensive and follow-up sessions and and that. And she said, um, we had scheduled for her to, to come in person and work with me on a particular date. And she said she had to change the date because she was moving some funds around and it wouldn't, the funds wouldn't arrive until a later date or whatever. And I trusted her and I believed her. And I was like, oh, no, no, look, at, you're good for it. Like, we'll do it as planned. You can pay me later, you know, when the money transfers are going through. No big deal. And Kathy couldn't believe, like, I just got a, I just got nervous for you there for a second. <laughs> that like the experience of working with this woman, it was the first time I really felt that money is energy because normally I always require payment at the, prior to the time of service. And so literally that was like $20,000. See, money is currency and currency is energy. That was 20,000 units of energy that would come into me. 
and I would take care of myself and, and be filled up to a degree with that, that energy. And then I would pour back into my client. Well, this time that energy deposit didn't take place. So here I am pouring in and I didn't have, even though those like, sounds like big numbers that they were few and far between at the time. So it's like, I didn't have big reserves to then go and pour in. And it was like, so it felt it like kind of exhausting. It's like, you know, um, working out if you haven't like filled up your fuel tank, right? Like it's like, it's, it, it feels empty and you have to push a little bit harder. And so all of this to say that understanding that we, it is true. We get from life what we ask of it and what we believe is what we see. You know, is it going to be hard to get that job or that promotion or that client or, you know, or lose the weight or whatever it is that we believe? So all of this is wealth consciousness. We're talking in terms of money, but wealth is abundance. You know, the, we, we all crave an abundance of love, an abundance of relationship or community or peace and joy, also financial support and abundance of health. So um, wealth consciousness is really the psychology of abundance. I find, I don't know, our, our upbringing might be the same, like European. And it was all, for me, it was always, you needed to work hard, you needed to do this. And now that I understand the flow of money, money, and that energy flows, and I even, but I sometimes catch myself like, oh my gosh, here comes, uh, the flow is coming to me, but then all of a sudden, I have to pay all these bills or whatever, right? And then I get a little bit caught up again, but then I'm like, no energy, it's energy. It flows. It'll come back. <laughs> It'll go. Yeah. But do you find that, um, I don't know with your clients or just in general, do you find with that? It's sometimes does it ebb and flow because sometimes we get stuck in our old patterns again. Like when do you actually arrive? Like, I know this, you, you say queen, but when do you actually arrive as the queen? Like, how do you know you're there? That's a great question. I think that in any moment we can make a conscious choice to be or respond as a queen. And um, in, in speaking in terms of money flowing, it's like water. Okay. You, when you take a shower in the morning, you want the water to come out of the faucet and you want it to go into the drain. Because you, you, you don't want that. When, when the drain is clogged, that's when it gets all icky and murky and stuff. And people think that when money comes in, they need to hold on to it in their bank account. And it, and it can be like a stuck stifled energy there. I'm not saying to not have a savings account. I'm not saying to not have investments, of course, but you really do want there to be a flow, an energetic flow of money. And you want more coming in than is going out. But at the beginning stages of entrepreneurialism, that is not typically the case. Mm -hmm. You know, when you go to college, more money isn't coming in than just went out. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're paying tens of thousands for that university education before you're receiving the money. Same with investing in yourself. And you, if, for those of you that are business owners that are listening, much more um, goes out than comes in at the beginning. And then once you've gotten your sea legs and you've gotten a certain grounding, then you can start to play around with the ratios. You're like, okay, I've got this much stable coming in um, and this much going out, but I'm going to increase my intake and the, the outflow doesn't always have to increase equally. So you're not always at zero like I was at the beginning of my career. I'm just like so enamored with you. <laughs> I'm just staring. I'm thinking you've built this amazing life and you've built this amazing career. And I want to talk a little bit more about the book. There was something I wrote down. Oh, about, um, you mentioned about seeing women who were wealthy and either, <laughs> and mixing the spiritual with the finance, like either you saw your friends that were like in the goddesses and into the moon cycles and doing all these things that were spiritual, but they were poor. And then, um, the, your your really wealthy friends were working themselves to the bone mm -hmm. and they weren't fulfilled. And I know that you mentioned something in your book about being not belonging and being a loner because I found myself in that position in high school and university. I didn't have that circle. And just the that we don't allow ourselves to have fun and we don't allow ourselves to be. And how mm -hmm. can we meld those two if we want to 
be spiritual and be successful and have friends and do all the things. I guess mm-hmm. that's being a queen, right? It is. <laughs> being a queen is really giving yourself permission to have it all and letting it all in. Um, at the beginning, you know, I, yes. So I, I found my like super successful friends that were working all the time, very unattractive and unappealing. And I, same with my feminine energy friends that were just like broke all the time. Like they had a high consciousness, but they didn't have the money pieces down. So my question really was, where are the women who are wealthy and feminine? Mm-hmm. And for me, it was very much a Gandhi be the change moment where it was like, I mean, this was back in 2004. There's many more now, but at that time, it was the camps were very divided. And so I was like, well, I'm going to be that person. And I wasn't wealthy at the time, but you know, we teach what we want to learn. So I really started studying and observing and paying attention to how can I create wealth based on feminine principles? Mm-hmm. And feminine principles are around spirituality, creativity, play, pleasure being, not always doing, thinking, the practical, the probable, the predictable stuff, all that's the masculine, which is not bad. There's a place for it. It's just that it's not how I desired to do my life predominantly or create my wealth. And I just had to believe that there was another way. So um, that's what I set out to do. I, I would just ask myself as I would come up with different program ideas, what's the most pleasurable way I can create wealth? And that's where I developed this luxury brand of personal development because I wasn't into like backpacks and sneakers and and bad airport hotels and even even worse chicken lunches at seminars. Like I desired the (laughs) European flair and luxury. And um, and so that's what I created. See, even if even now, after reading your book and meeting you, I still get triggered by that feminine. I have a friend that's um, an astrologer, and she always huh? tells me, "I have to, t- you have to tap into your inner Venus and this mm-hmm. feminine." But to me, as a Type A person mm-hmm. who has always been driven and going, mm-hmm. when I hear tap into the feminine, I'm still feel like a, I still feel a block because I feel like that is somehow like I hate asking for help when I had a C-section mm-hmm. with my son no one could help me. I was moving into a new house. I had to do everything myself. I don't want to ask for help. I don't want to tap into that feminine. Mm-hmm. Do you find that? Do you find women triggered by being feminine? It's why I wrote chapter three. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> yes. So look at all of us to some degree have what I was talking about earlier, the, the injured feminine instinct. So real quickly, masculinity is about doing, achieving, initiating, providing, protecting, you know, making it all happen. But ultimately masculinity is about giving. Mm. Femininity, like I was saying, it's about the playful, the spiritual, the, the passionate, the creative, the intuitive, the intangible, seeing things not as they are, but as they could be. Ultimately femininity is about receiving. Mm. So most of us are much more comfortable giving anything than receiving, giving advice, giving a birthday present, um, and giving a compliment, giving, right? Cause yeah. you said having yeah. issues. I, I can't, as soon as I get a compliment, I deflect, Oh, but you look fabulous or, Oh, but this is exactly. so old. Or, yeah. <laughs> and so it's the opportunity and challenge for all of us women um, and men, because femininity isn't about being a woman. It's there's, there's femininity and masculinity within both male and female. It's about us getting great at receiving, receiving love, receiving support, receiving community, receiving money, receiving recognition. And so um, for most of us, it wasn't modeled that it was um, safe to receive or that it was okay. And to the extent that it wasn't modeled for us or shown or, or made okay, then we haven't allowed it in our lives. But today the queens are making a comeback. And I we really... realize. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I get excited. I don't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> but I feel that. I feel that the majority nowadays of women that are starting businesses and getting out there, it's, it's our age, like in their forties. And they're just like, enough is enough. I'm ready to step out into who I am. 
Yes. Live the big life, have it all, contribute in a big way, have fun, make money, spend money, invest money, save money, you know, and, and really be who you came here to be. Oh, I love it. I love it. I don't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> I get so excited talking about this because I loved your book so much. I wanted to talk about one, another thing too, that you said. Um, so if, if people are resonating with this injured feminine instinct, I want them mm-hmm. to read your book, but can you give a few tips on how we can start healing that a little bit? Yes, yes. Well, and I, I don't know how much the injured feminine instinct is going to relate to or resonate with most people. I don't think most of us are like waking up at two o'clock in the morning and be like, you know, my feminine instinct is injured. I need to do something. No, but about knowing that. knowing yeah. that they can't receive, knowing that they are yes. in too much in the masculine and not so much in the feminine. Yes. Um, women, if they are stopping and listening to a podcast like this one, it doesn't take but more than one question say like, you know, where are you feeling a lack in your life? And just everyone can take a moment. Like, you know, do you feel like you have a lack of time, a lack of money, a lack of ease, a lack of love, a lack of support? Like, and then we know at this point that we create our realities. So as a queen, we don't blame or shame, but we do take personal responsibility for our circumstances. So if there is a lack of flow in any area of our life, then spiritual law says that we can be, do, and have anything we want. And when we open ourselves up to the possibility, just like you were talking about before, like not needing to know the how, not needing to know the who, the where, the the when, or the what, but identifying the desire for more of whatever it is, and then realizing that the only reason that that is not already in any one of our lives is because we have shut it off in some way. We have created a block in some way, and it is our privilege to be able to take a look at like, oh, what beliefs do I actually have? What thoughts do I have? And and, and, in combination with two, like in what way is the the universe guiding? Um, Like, so for example, at the beginning of this year, I I was doing a launch and it was for a kind of like a nuts and bolts business program that I was going to be teaching where I was really going to be helping women like set up the nuts and bolts aspects of their business. And it didn't, I've done years worth of these launches. They've gone extremely well. I feel very blessed for 15 years. They've gone well. This particular launch wasn't in terms of the the, the numbers and the statistics, it wasn't going as well. And I don't have a belief that I don't deserve anymore because I've worked through that. I have a, I don't have a belief that the clients aren't out there because I've worked through that. So I was like, what is it's going? I don't have a belief that launches have to be hard. I've worked through that. And then what the the way that I was blocking my good that I was totally unconscious to was that I was a little bit on autopilot. I was a little bit doing what I've always done. I was doing what I I knew to do to make money. I was doing what I knew would make a contribution in people's lives. I didn't deeply, deeply, deeply ask myself, what do I most desire? Like, or even what is the most pleasurable way I could make money? There was a time when creating businesses and, and doing some of that tactical stuff was it. But because I'd just gotten used to it, I was on autopilot, I was going through it, and the universe wasn't having it. You know, like Jesus said, be like little children, meaning have a beginner's mind. And I didn't have a beginner's mind. I had an expert's mind. This is how launches go. This is how I make my money. This is what's going to happen. And this is the way it's going to be. And spirit was like, whoa, 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 Gina. We actually have something even better for you. But because you're not asking right now, We're just going to kind of wind down this launch in this way. And so I don't want anyone to get down on themselves. If To say that you're like not manifesting whatever it is that you desire 
there's nothing wrong with you. You're not crazy. And it doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. I wasn't doing anything wrong by putting that business program out there. There was just something better in store. And because I wasn't stopping long enough to, to seek it, I was, I'm believe in the loving universe. I was so loved that the universe did for me what I wasn't willing to do for myself, which is say, I don't need to do this anymore. There's, there's a, the next evolution of my contribution and work that's meant to come forth. And it's not going to come forth if I keep doing nuts and bolts business programs, or just the same thing that I've been doing for the last 15 years. So what did that blossom into? Uh, I, I did a lot of podcasts over it. Um, well, basically, I tortured myself for uh, all of all of January. I cried every day because I let my ego take a hit and be like, nobody likes me and I can't do it like, like everyone else is getting successful. And so February of 2021, I did not cry every day. I sobbed. My poor husband. Oh. <laughs> I was like, this is awful. My life is ending. But like, I have my identity is gone. If I'm not a business coach, what am I? But then I was like, but I don't actually want to do it in that way anymore. And then March, my father went into the hospital unexpectedly and he's fine now, but it's super cliche. It was one of those things where I was like, what am I doing with my life? Like life is so short. I don't need to cry. I don't need to sob. And I also don't need to do things that have run its course. And I finally got out of resistance and went into surrender. And it was like, okay, God, this is not the path that you have want me to blossom with. So what is, and for the first time in a long time, I didn't need to know the answer. I like, I really, really surrendered and deeply trusted, like, like the certainty that I talk about in my book, I had certainty that it would be brought to me. And, you know, it's, it, the pieces are still coming, you know, that was just March. So what are we, April, May, June, July. Um, the, the pieces are coming. I mean, what I know for sure of what I am lit up about is transformation and the, the transformation externally happens from that place internally where it really is a change in thoughts, belief systems, feelings, and healing that injured feminine instinct, aka becoming the queen of your life. So it's really, I'm feeling guided to dive more deeply into the contents of what's in the book um, than statistics and conversion strategies. Hmm. I, that's more aligned with, that's one of my questions that I ask at the end, what does aligned mean to you? Because the podcast is Align and Hustle. Because I always mm -hmm. believe that you have to feel as if you're on the right path, but you also have to do a little bit of the work because you can't just wait for everything to come to you. There is an mm -hmm. action piece, right? Yeah. But what do you, so do you feel more aligned with who you were meant to be at this point in your life? Yes. And it's coming. You know, I, a lot of what I've been talking about in my own podcast recently is living in a world in between worlds. I was able to identify and acknowledge that life as I knew it was over, mm -hmm. that my career as I knew it was over and the new one hadn't started yet. So mm -hmm. it was like, so where is that? If one is done and the other hasn't started you're in this world in between worlds, you're living in the question. And so that takes a lot of faith, uh, a lot of trust. Um, and for me, a lot of spiritual connection. So I've, and um, once I dropped into it, I've really been enjoying it. I know that there's so much of my future life that will involve a lot of action. I'm a Capricorn. I, I love taking action. And right now I've been being more, um, immersing, reading, playing, traveling, um, having a ton mm. of fun. And I saw you stayed in West Hollywood at my most favorite hotel there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I went to San Diego, LA, Vegas. Um, I did a girls trip in Charleston. I've got, I did a motorcycle trip through Michigan with my husband. Um, I'm getting ready to leave for New York and then the Hamptons there's, and, and more after that. So um, the world in between worlds has been very good to me. You have so much faith, Gina, like, 
is this because like you say in your book, you've been raised in a spiritual, you've had a spiritual upbringing because this is where I think I've had a little bit of struggle. Church for me was just torturous because it's still old ritual and it was all in a different language. Mm-hmm. And I never really, yeah, it didn't resonate with me. And I was just like, it's, I had to sit here for four hours every Sunday and just like let the priest rattle on. So I never really connected to that spiritual piece. Well, there's not a lot of spirit if it's just religion. No, it's just ritual there, right? So it wasn't the belief piece for me. I think that's why your book was um, was important to me because I just I just had faith. I just you know I read what I listened to what you said, I put it out there, and I had faith. And it's the first time that it really just instantly came. Mm. It just instantly came because I believed that I could do it, but I I never had that. I struggle with that. Like it comes and it goes. Mm-hmm. Well, um, faith can very much be like a muscle, you know, and it's just, it literally is working it. If you work a muscle every day, it's going to get really strong. And if you work it once a week or once a month, it's going to have the effect that it has. Um, you know, yes, I, I grew up in an environment where I was blessed to be introduced to God at a very young age. And throughout the years, I've been able to extrapolate the difference between dogma and religiosity that is void of spirit, and then the the religious scriptures that are that are filled with spirit, and and really having a very real and alive spiritual connection. So, um, yeah, I think that developing a spiritual connection and a deepened faith. Um, there's a commitment that's involved. Uh, I would want that commitment to feel joyous and not like a should. Um, but like when you get into a place where it's devotion, like, cause it's just so filled with love and it's something you look forward to of doing your reading or your writing or your meditating or your praying. Um, I've also come to a place in life where I think there's two things. One, I just am not interested in working really hard anymore. And so the spiritual way is not about hard work. I mean, effort, yes, faith without works is dead, but not like the grind that um, the massive action that like, you know, a, a, a lot of the, you know, male success stories are like, yeah, have to work hard, no pain, no gain, just do it. And it, it's a masculine approach to life. I'm not here to make it wrong. I'm just here to say it's not for me. And when I know that I can step into my queenhood and access miracles and bend time and space, like this is part of the feminine power that is so alluring to me that I can use my intuition, that I can use my intention, that I can use my consciousness to literally draw and attract in. Like, for example, these are small things. Um, I write about like some big money manifestations and whatever in my book, but there's a, a friend of mine who had a baby or was going to have a baby around now. And I kept thinking, I got to text him. I got to text him, but I was busy. I didn't text him to see if he had the baby yet. And there was another friend. I was like, you know, we haven't talked in a while. And I, like, I, I need, I want to reach out to her and, and see what's going on and, and just connect. There was one more. Oh, there's a particular um, a person that I want to see live. And I'm not great with like, online tickets and that kind of thing. But I was just like, I want to go. I want to, I wonder where that person is going to be playing. I want to go see that person live in my like, boom, boom, and boom. The guy who had the baby texted me pictures two days later and said the baby was just born. The girlfriend that I wanted to connect with, she texted me and my husband said, yeah, I just saw that who you want to see live is like playing, you know, blah, blah, blah. Do you want me to get tickets? So in our feminine power, when we get great at receiving, it literally comes to, now I could have gone and texted those people and done my own Google search and figured out how to get tickets. I didn't have to, you know, it's like I could change a tire on a car, but I don't have to. 
And when you get great at receiving, you start to see how aligned your desires are and they come to you. So where do we start with receiving? Did we already say this? Did we already touch on this? Because this, I find that I always, I have trouble with surrender and receiving. So I ask a lot of questions. Yeah, around me well, they're, they're really big ones. You know, it was that March was very humbling for me because I would have thought like, oh, I can surrender. I'm great at surrendering the stuff that I don't care that much about. <laughs> it's not mm-hmm. surrender. Like my career, my identity, my known ways of making money, like that, surrender that, that's big for a Capricorn. So I was like, yeah. Um, so I, I, I get, I get it. It be like anything. It becomes easier the more you do it. Um, and the getting great at receiving, I think that I've just learned enough. Like I can go and pound the pavement, um, you know, and take massive action, or I can go into meditation and journaling and get clear on my desire on what it is I want to receive, and then ask to be guided. And my version of that looks like I don't take an action unless it's inspired, unless it feels good. Like Gina from the neck up, like, you know, whatever, go send out a bunch of emails, go make a bunch of like any, with all due respect, any idiot can go do that. Any Mm -hmm. person day one business can go do that. But if I really want to cultivate my power more and, and open myself up to receiving new opportunities and advancements in my career. I want that to come from the divine. And then if what comes from the divine is call that person, send that email, you know, make that Instagram post. Great. But if you go make an Instagram post without the spirit leading you, it's just going to wear you out. And Mm. that's where women get exhausted and burned out. Mm, that's what I found. I stopped posting on Instagram for a little bit just because I knew it was forced. And when you force it, you can feel that, right? You can feel those, exactly. that energy. Yeah. And if I can feel that I'm forcing it, then obviously whoever is taking it in can feel that same energy. You know it. Did we talk about feminine leadership? Not about exactly. now this being yeah. the... Not exactly. Okay. So I was just... At the end of your book, you talk about that and you touched on it a little bit about this being our time. This is the time for us to, to shine. And, and what does that look like to you with like the future? So do you believe in the future is feminine? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> if not, we are doomed. Yes, the age of queen is now. This world has could not have made it more obvious that what the entire world, the entire planet is craving is feminine leadership. And like I said, femininity is within both male and female. It just is, you know, true what the Dalai Lama said, the world is gonna be saved by the Western woman. So it is necessary for us to get our consciousness in line and our abundance in line and our contribution in line and our power in line so that we can each contribute in the way that each of us individually were designed. None of us, need to compete with anyone because we are all completely different serving an entirely different purpose. It would be like the the big toe competing with the elbow, competing with the ear, competing with the eye, the heart competing with the brain. Like it's all needed. We are all needed. So for us to prioritize some alone time where we can really take a look at what is important to us. Like, what are we craving? What do we desire? What is our role to play? This is exciting. And then when we have the courage and the confidence to bring that out into the world and make the world a better place, you know, that's what feminine leadership really is about is knowing that it's not all about doing, that it's somewhat about being as well. It's not all about action. It's sometimes it is about intuition It's not all about giving, giving, giving. And a lot of times it's about receiving also. So getting this new form of feminine leadership where women believe in abundance and believe in the infinite and believe in connection, not competition and, and, and value creativity and spiritual connection, not just, you know, the bottom line financially and, you know, all the 
allegedly practical, probable, predictable stuff um, that has literally sucked the life out of this world. So us with our feminine flair and our desire for beauty in whatever way we're meant to make the world beautiful is what feminine leadership is about. I just want more of you. So <laughs> um, so tell everyone where they can find you online yes, if they yes. want more of this powerful um, insight. Come on over. Well, you can find all things at divineliving.com. If you want my book, you can go to divineliving.com forward slash book. I have a free companion course that goes along with that book. You can go to divineliving.com forward slash audacity. If you don't have that, there's videos and workbooks and all kinds of cool stuff. If you want to be in my Q club, it is for all things queen. We've got a really, it's a dollar trial. So you can go to divineliving.com forward slash Try Q Club. And you can follow me on Instagram at Gina DeV. I'm going to link everything up in the show notes for this, Gina, yep. because I just want everyone to that's listening to find you and and maybe work. Do you still do one-on-one coaching or is that not in the not that really one-on-one at this point? I've got some really delightful uh mini elite experiences coming up. So some in-person stuff is what I'm craving. So you can, uh, um, that's, or get on my mailing list at divineliving.com. Those would be the best ways to find out about my um, mini elite experiences. So you can get coached by me in um, in these kind of two-day in-person experiences that I'm going to be hosting. Mm. I'm so sad I can't come to the one in New York, but I will be coming definitely to any coming up in the future. <laughs> Uh, there will be others in very chic locations, so check them out. Oh, I can't wait. Thank you so much, Gina, for taking the time. Oh, thank you for having me. Today. It was so great to get to know you and to be continued for sure. Thank so, you so much. All right. Lots of love. Well, beauty, that's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you have a second, please rate, review, and hit subscribe. Don't forget to share Align and Hustle with a friend. For more information, be sure to check out the podcast page at www.kathyspence.com slash podcast. I hope to see you here again next Tuesday. Talk soon.